Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back. Second hour, 5 o'clock hour, old school. Brought to you by the Mercado, certified Piedmontese, special ingredients and butcher shop, located at 84th and Havelock. Every type of meat and every type of cut. Um, we appreciate their support. We're on a Friday, moving fast. We're in the second hour already. Covered a lot of things in the uh, first hour. A little Husker talk, a little transfer portal. Um, obviously, the big news this week, uh, you know, obviously we didn't really get to me and Kenny to converse on it um, on air. Uh, was Dylan Rayola committing committing officially to Georgia, um, and obviously the reaction of the Nebraska fans and stuff like that. But you know, I think really ultimately, you know, with you know not retaining or well, firing Frost, not retaining Mickey, and then hiring Matt Rule. I think ideally, I hope it's a good. It, it would be a good time, or I hoped it was a good time for Nebraska fans and everybody, the decision makers to take a step back and just look at where we're at. I think sometimes it's funny, right? Cause you could look at the new generation of fans, right? You know, they're 18 and above where they've, you know, they never really, you know, they hear about the nineties, like it's, you know, the Jolly green giant. Right. And so they, their, their idea of winning is when Bo was here nine and three. Right, that's the it's peak. true. That's yeah, what I grew up with. Right, that's the peak. Right, that's their view on winning. You'll take that. Whereas then you have like me and Kenny and some maybe older fans. They really got to experience what domination was and winning is right. And so you got the, you got a little bit of a clash of newer media guys. Right, they're saying, okay, we're just going to focus on what we can attain because that's the peak of the new Nebraska, which was the consistency of both nine wins every year, cash it every year. Um, versus we're saying, well, the standard needs to be what the standard was or something close to it, the the, the threshold between nine wins and 12. we got to get above that, right? And then you have uh, some of the older guys, right? Maybe they're trying to keep jobs and stuff like that that are in the media that's saying you can't replicate the past. Well, that's an easy answer. It is, right? Because the only person, only place that's ever tried to, that's came close or did replicate it and probably superseded it is probably Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. So nobody's saying to replicate the past, and and that's it. And that's the easy, simplistic, and that's the when that's the simple answer. And simple doesn't mean a good answer. Simple means you're simple minded. That means you know you refuse to think. And so, you know, as much as people say, oh, you know, I don't want to talk about the past, right? Well, they need to take a step back. The only one of the only reasons. Now, granted, the new staff is doing a really good job of, of recruiting and working, right? But one of the only reasons and a big reason why you're still relevant, right? Even like last year or this year, you know, or when we were picked to, you know, win the Big Ten West is because of the five national championships, the brand power of Nebraska that was built upon those five national championships, not winning nine games, okay, and getting blown out every big game. It was based on those five national championships, the type of players that came through there, the fan base, and the support that they have, that's why. 
you're relevant, right? That's why you're relevant or we're relevant up to now, right? Mm-hmm. And then obviously hiring Scott Frost and all that, but just in generally getting the benefit of the doubt was based upon what you did in the past. So the new fan is walking around expecting the benefit of the doubt, but don't even understand or recognize why they're getting the benefit of the doubt. So essentially they're winning the argument on both ways. We can't focus on the past, but we're going to benefit off of it. If that is a new age knuckleheadness, <laughs> then that's it. What needs to happen is recognize what the things that were done well to be consistent about the past. And this has nothing to do with the Take the national championship years and say, you know what? Okay, we're never going to re- replicate that. The teams before the 70s, championship teams, the all the teams after it, all the teams before the 90s teams, and the few years after it, before the bottom fell out, are the are what you need to go back and try to find the ingredients of what made it successful. Infuse that in your program, all with your new age ideas, because football's changed so much. Mm-hmm. The football's even changed. You know what yes, I mean? it has. And you know what? The field has changed. You know, it was always 100 yards long and 50-something years. Why? But somehow they think football's changed. But, okay, <laughs> that's fine. And infuse that in there. And then you'll be really doing some things. And so I think that's if Nebraska, and this is media included, this is everybody else, if you just really do that, then you can actually all push in the same direction. And that's where you have to really, you know, educate people. We talked about, the, you know, Terrell Suggs and, and, and the linebacker from Michigan asking if he can wear his number. Well, see, it's great that you showed respect that you could ask, call and ask him. But realistically – if you knew how great Terrell Suggs was in the city of Baltimore and a part of what he was a part of, you wouldn't even ask that you question. You wouldn't fix your lips even let that come out of your mouth. Right, because number one, the main reason is, in my opinion, you're most likely built. Now, he might be. He he might be the uh, the, the anomaly, right? Yeah. But you're most likely not be, You're not built internally to do what Terrell Terrell Suggs Suggs did did in order to be that great when he what made that number great for you to pick up that phone call. What you want is familiarity with what you wore in Michigan and think a number is going to make you Terrell Suggs just because you get to wear that number. There's just some numbers like 55 at USC, 11 at Penn State when you're playing linebacker. You better be able to play to the standards of that number. 52 in Baltimore, 55 at, 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 at Baltimore, there's just numbers that you just don't mess you, with. Don't mess with, and that and how is that, you know, pour into Nebraska? That's it as well. You have to know your history in order to go out there and play. You you have to know it, and that's one thing I prided myself on making sure those kids knew history. Right. You have to, because I think like Nebraska, Penn State, USC, all the blue bloods. There's a certain way you got to win here. There's certain things you got to do. Is it is it what you really want to do? No, but no. it's what you have to do, and I think. And here's a perfect example, right? Here's a perfect example. And and here's why I think Kirby Smart was so smart in taking the Georgia job, right? Versus saying waiting around till Nick Saban decides to retire. He'd still be there or whatever. Or going to a true blue blood. Because I don't view Georgia as a blue blood, right? Here's an ex- I'm going to give you two examples. The difference between Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. Okay. Nick Saban started Michigan State, went to LSU, won that championship. Obviously, you know, great coach. Goes to Miami, takes a job at Alabama, right? The standard in the national championships and Bear Bryant is no different than taking the job here and having Bob Devaney and Tom Osborne 
either alive or in, or thought of in in the same. That, that that's the standard. National championships, great teams, great players, blue blood university. What Nick Saban did when he went there, he embraced it all. He understood. He knew Bear Bryant was there. You see a statue outside the stadium, right? Right, right. But he didn't. He didn't. He what he did. He knew it. He knew that up until he starts winning, he's not going to be Bear Bryant. But he knew that okay when he walked in, when he pulls up there and he has his head coach, he knows Bear Bryant. He's looking. We're walking right past that every day. Mm-hmm. He embraced it. But what he did was he already had a standard that was high. Then he raised it to Alabama standard, right? And then he said, you know what? I'm going to use this in a positive manner. I'm going to go out there. I'm First of all, I'm going to build my team on the lines. Okay, it might be tough, but I'm going to build in accountability and all that stuff. And then I'm going to get the players. And then once I have that, then everybody from all across the country is going to come. Yeah. Right? So Amari Cooper, um, Julio Jones, mm-hmm. they're from Florida. Or at least I know Amari Cooper is, right? So you're able to go get guys from all over the country based on – Bear Bryant as the foundation in those national championships. Gene Stallings, too, for when he won. He I think won he, one. He won one and all that, right? You think the defensive coordinator of that defense that beat Miami that year in the Sugar Bowl is not knowing how great a defense they had with Copeland and Curry and Langham and George all those guys. George T. George T. When he chased uh, uh, Lamar, Lamar, Smith, Thomas Lamar Thomas down, down and grabbed that ball. All them dudes over there, you think they say, you know what, we ain't going to watch that tape and we ain't going to see what they do. You think when they come around that they're going to be like all tensed up? They're going to say, look, this is the this is the dude right here that's watching you. This is what you better be because he's watching you. Yeah. Forget what I'm saying. He's over there knowing the difference between a coach and a player and if you really about it or not. See, that's it. See, so that's where you use it as a positive manner where he's able to now it's just kind of reload every year. Now, where Kirby Smart was really smart at, at when he took that. You know, first of all, he took Georgia. He got, took the Georgia job. Mark Rickett built that up to kind of like here's an analogy of the NFL to where Tony Dungy took the Buccaneers. You just needed that extra oomph. Yep. So he needed – they needed that Alabama flavor with them Georgia athletes, right? Because you got to think, if you don't think that Georgia was close, when they were in the SEC, SEC, uh, SEC championship, they were up 28 nothing on Alabama and ended up losing. So don't – that the talent was there, mm-hmm. but that extra oomph was needed there. And Mark Rick did a get really good job, and, you know, he has Omaha ties as well. You know, he's from Omaha. Mark Rick. So what Kirby Smart did was like, look, man, that's a that's a a, a a flower that hadn't even bud yet, and I'll get to go there and make my own staple there, yep. right? And I get to turn it into a blue blood. He has two national championships. Now he didn't leapfrog everybody in that Georgia, Vince Dooley and all those guys. He's the best coach in Georgia history by finally getting over the hump of Alabama with the same type of mentality, the same type of playbook or foundation playbook that he learned from Nick Saban, a la Nick Saban took from Coach Osborne here, what people don't understand, oh, it, yeah. right? Oh, I know. And brought it there. So that's how it comes full circle. But it's two different places, right? And so the standards are different. He didn't have to worry about national because they didn't have any. They had one. And that and that was that, that was not anything recent. So now when he said, okay, I can get here and take these dudes – tournament national champions now i am the bear bryant here i am that guy there and so that's the two that's the differences in going to a true blue blood and knowing how to operate within the alabama vortex right because trust me listen lester towns was down there and was a ga he said it's different down there you got a lot of things that you have to do 
outside of football mm-hmm. that normally you wouldn't have to do at say like Indiana. Yeah. Purdue. It's different. And you have to be so detailed about it and every minute has to be accountable. Here's a here's a crazy story about Nick Saban. So they said that there was this big boost that had this charity golf tournament and the whole staff was supposed to go. Right? In another state, in Georgia. And, or another part of Alabama, excuse me. So Nick Saban has a staff meeting. And the text message went out. Show up to, you know, you go through your regular day. We're going to have a staff meeting. Have your bag outside your office. And when it, you know what I mean? And then everybody's like, okay, well, the staff meeting is going to be all the way up to an hour and 20 minutes before you're supposed to be there. So Nick Saban had his staff meeting. He had it down to the minute. Once he broke, everybody went out and got it. Had two different big trucks or Mercedes trucks ready to go to the airport. Two different planes. They land within 57 minutes and tee off. They're there 10 minutes early before the tee time. So, yes, they have the resources. But in order to have those resources work efficiently, to get a full day's work in, so then when they show up to have to do the shaking hands and kissing babies, you have to have a you have to have an effective leader that's able to have you on time, and everybody has to be willing to be led. It can't be, I'm not going to bring my stuff and I got to go home. It knows, them two them two carry on bags need to be right out of there for me and Kenny to hit the road, and we got to be at the airport and we got to be where we need to be. We got to be on that thing within five down minutes, to the second. Down to the second. That's a guy with a plan, detailed plan, and sticks to it. What's the the point? Where's that line? Is it a feel thing? Is there a moment you know that it's time to abandon the plan? Because sometimes you can stick to it too long and you're stubborn, but sometimes you can give up too easily. I think that comes from experience. But then also I think the biggest thing, I don't think you really ever abandon your plan. I think you always adjust it. You adjust it. I mean, mean, again, you look at Nick Saban. He was a downhill, tight end, big offensive line, controlled passing game quarterback is just the guy greg mcelroy was the probably the best and you had some other guys after that but mccarran i was about to say mccarran yeah but he was kind of like the transition into a actually a somewhat nfl quarterback Mm -hmm. right remember they had sims the quarterback that transferred in Mm -hmm. who was kind of maybe a little bit blake sims Sims. but what he did was once he knew that that he thought the people were catching on to that you know who helped him with that lane right was it what was he got new ideas and said, so, you know what? College football is changing. I got to change. I got to change. But I also know I'm going to change and add on to it. But when we got to line up and bust your head open to the white meat, we got Najee Harris. We got Derrick Henry. We got Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram. We got yeah. everybody. We got back. We got bro- backs upon backs <laughs> knowing we're going to beat you up before we pass. Yep. Then we're going to get the Tua's and the, everybody like that. So – I don't ever think you ever really – You don't abandon it. Abandon. You just adjust. And Tony Samuels always said the great ones adjust. Boyd said it. And uh, so did T.O. Boyd said it about three weeks ago when we went to that signing deal. The great ones adjust. And, it's, it's again, T.O. had to adjust. Right. He kept losing, 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 right, in the bowl games. And then – He had to go down there and find out from uh, Florida State. Yep. And, and and figured out how, what 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 he did was he fought fought it for so long he, with that five two yes. defense yes he did slow defensive guys I remember watching the Sun Bowl against Michigan and I was like man these dudes are slow as Christmas out here and they were Nebraska ran this five two 
So what he had to go down and talk to Mickey Andrews, which I'm glad they did because then it opened up for guys like me and Lorenzo Brinkley and yep. Ed, Ed Stewart, yep. you know, and All-American linebackers, Terrell Farley, you knucklehead on there, <laughs> right? He had to go down to Mickey Andrews and find out what, you know, what they, they were able to do because Florida State was the, was, the, was the cream of the crop. But Miami had done it for years prior. But Nebraska thought you could go line up and just bowl them over. Mm-mm. Well, Miami had size, speed, and strength, yep. and you just couldn't you couldn't get past that threshold. I'll never forget it. Not to cut you off, senior year, I got a picture of me on the bench, fourth quarter, head down, crying. To comes up, he's not in the picture, but he comes up and he goes, he thanked me for a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? And then he turned around and pointed. He said, "What do I need to do?" To pretty much beat those guys. <laughs> I said, Coach, you better go get you some of them. We got good football players, but we ain't got no, you know, you know, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. You got to get some brothers. Not, 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 I wasn't saying brothers. I meant what I wanted to say, I can't say on air. So, yeah. some pretty much some, some a holes, some bad MFers. Yes. Yeah, some dudes that play. They're playing. Not for that keeps. we didn't have them, but we didn't have more. Them enough. Yeah, you need more of them, and the guys are playing for keeps. And they were playing, for, and again, like Jay said, playing for keeps, and competitive, competitive guys that play with a little bit. But more that '93 class, no, that '92 class, he had a lot of them, and you know, just practicing against them and watching them compete, and right. they weren't backing down. Right. And then we went over to the rec center, and we. You know, we would try to pull some, yeah, some cards over the direction and that, right. and they weren't backing down. I was like, okay, but I, but in my mind, I was like, he's gonna have problems with them, but they're good problems. But they're good problems. I always say, listen. You mentioned that '92 recruiting class. This is kind of insane. I'm just gonna go down the names. Yeah, let's see. Let's talk about this '92 recruiting class because I'm a firm believer '94 is the best. But go ahead. We can go to '94. No, no, we'll I'm, just, I'm just joking. '92. '92. Again, we laid it. Yeah. But when that class came in, he got them over yeah. the hump hump. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I'm just reading straight down the list here. Larry Arnold, Damon Benning, Willis Brown, Clinton Childs, Chris Dishman, Tommy Frazier, uh, John Hesse, Mike Minner, Ed Morrow, Kareem Moss, Jeff Ogard, Ben Rutz, Scott Saltzman, TJ Scribner, Marvin Sims, Jim Stiebel, Eric Stokes, uh, Ryan Terwilliger, Larry Townsend, Leonard Washington, Riley Washington, Tyrone Williams, Trampus Rice, and Toby Wright. That's like eight, nine NFL, ten NFL dudes, easily, easily, easily. I mean, if I saw, if I looked at, I could tell you every guy that played in the league. I could, when as he was calling them, I could have said, yeah. And it's guys that either there's guys that played a long time in the league, like Toby and Tyrone and 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 all those guys, and then you had the best quarterback in Nebraska history and T. Frazier, in my opinion. Yes. And then you had guys that Dishman, play, Dishman that played a long time in the NFL. Then you had a guy like Larry Townsend that didn't play much here. Because he couldn't get out of his own way, and he ended up playing four or five years in the league. You gotta think those that was Clinton Childs. Clinton Childs. You had role players again. If Clinton Childs and Damon Benning went somewhere else, they would have been been drafted, drafted, or all Americans. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's what I'm saying. So that them the dudes your backups. They was your backups. One of them them dudes was third string, and sometimes fourth string when AG came in. Yes, with Lawrence. Yeah. I mean, you looking over there? I mean, you got four. I mean. If I'm Coach Solich, I'm just, I'm just, I, I don't have a bad name. No, I'm just rolling out the ball. I'm rolling out the ball. I'm just gonna keep coming at you. And so the, the 92 and then the 93. Yeah, 
You got 93? Uh, I can have 93 in about five seconds. But, but when that 92 class came okay, in. got it. And then that, Vershawn, that summer, 90, 93, 93 was Vashon year. Vershawn. But that summer, I'm like, these boys going to get him the blues. Meaning, yeah, there's going to be, you're going to have to have some late fo- late great, night phone yeah. calls. You need some Kevin Steele and Tony Samuels to do and, that. And they dealt with it. So, right. go ahead. Okay. Um, I'll just name off just the letter winners because they have that uh, here. So, Eric Alford, Eric Anderson, Michael Booker, Lance Brown, Tim Carpenter, Leslie Dennis, uh, Josh Heskew, Vershawn, Jason Jenkins, Sean Noster, Jason Peter, Lawrence Phillips, Fred Pollock, Aaron Taylor, Jamel Williams, John Zatica. There you go. That's it. I mean, it, those it, those two hey, classes do, alone. Do ninety four. Those two classes. Yeah, that's 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 is what because we really we tore them dorms up. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, nineteen ninety four again. Just the letter winners: uh, Kenny Cheatham, Darren Erstad, Jay Foreman, Sheldon Jackson, John Livingston, Octavius McFarlane, uh, Doric Roy, Mike Rucker, Travis Toline, uh, Brant Wade, Eric Warfield, Chevin Wiggins, Jason Wilts, Grant Wistrom. Nine, eight of those guys played yeah. in the NFL. And one of them. So that's, that's just, here's the key. That's three straight years of eight or more guys that went to the NFL. Right. And so that's how you build it. That's how you build that's it. How you, now, nobody came in as finished products, but those are guys that had some potential. The culture is laid down by Kenny and those guys. The changing of, of adjusting of how you're going to view football and then mixed in with the coaching staff, the culture that's already been there, been there the standard of excellence or potential excellence that was set prior. Don't say potential. The standard of excellence was already well, set. Right. Okay. The excellence was there already set by before decades us. Before, <laughs> before us. And then kept getting higher and higher and higher. Now you guys are here to fit into the mix, and then you get a little bit of attitude. And I think one thing that I think people don't give Coach Osborne and any great coach a good enough you know, recognition is the ability to – Start to recruit the people before the height, weight, and speed. Because yeah. Coach Osborne's ability to to have a staff, right, where when you look at it, for Milt Tenniper, Charlie McBride, right? For, you know, Coach Solich, you had Kevin Steele. Mm-hmm. And then you had Ron Brown, right, Mr. Smooth, kind of polished, Tony Samuel. And then you had, you know, maybe like a Dan Young or like maybe like a Turner, Turner Gill. Gill. Coach D. Coach D probably in his own he's thing, on, he's right? a, Coach he, D was Coach in his D own. Coach D was in his own deal, right? Yeah. But those the ability for everybody to work together and trust each other and go for one common goal, right? Then how he was able to implant Dante Jones and Dwayne Harris. If there ain't no two, Dante would probably say five words in yes. a whole week. Yes. Then you got Dwayne Harris, that's the regulator, not only of the D D line, everybody, of everybody, <laughs> Debo, Debo. Then you bring in Grant Wistrom, that's got to fit in there. Then you got, you know, um, like you know, then you got a Troy Dumas, right? I'm just talking about in my room, right? And then you got like the hard worker, the Nebraska kid that's kind of worked his way as a walk on, Clint Brown. Yep. Right. And then you got Mike Rucker, that's a potential that he's got to kind of get used to playing big time football, right? And then you start to bring in all these other guys. And then you got Ed Stewart as the wheel linebacker. Then you got kind of like the lunch pail guys of Phil, Phil Ellis, Ellis and yep. Doug, Coleman Doug Coleman and all those. Mike Anderson Mike was Anderson before, before yep. So those are – so that it was like you're able to go and recruit these guys 
and being able to show them what they're doing, and then you're held to a standard that's so high. And let's not forget, Trev Alberts was in there before. So Dwayne Harris and Dante had to rotate time out opposite of Trev. Trev played before with Travis Hill, rest in peace. And David White. And David White. So you got to think, there is always a mentor and a mentee. Standard and a standee, if you you know if you right, so you always had something to live up to, and you were living up to a person that was no longer on the team. So I knew once I started playing, Troy Dumas was watching Saturday and, and evaluating me and making sure that I was playing up to his standard. So when I left, it was so forth and so on. That's how you're able to do that. And you, and I'm, if you don't think, <laughs> if you don't think them dudes at Georgia are answering to the guys that are in the NFL, you're sadly mistaken. You sadly mistaken. Philadelphia Eagles are throwing a watch party for that Georgia defense. Right. But if you don't think if Georgia's players that are playing now replacing all those guys, right? Start to slip. If you don't think Davis and um who was seventeen, the linebacker, who was uh, Carter the, and Smith Carter, and Dean Smith and, and Dean and uh, if you don't think they're picking up the phone and calling down there to whether the head coaches or other, you crazy. If you don't think guys before that Ain't doing it. You crazy. And the reason here's a if you want a Big Ten West example, if you want a big look at Wisconsin at outside linebackers. Yep. There's guys up there. I mean, the guy that was just up there this year, um, uh, Herbig. Nick Herbig, has the answer for T.J. Watt. He said he's tried to replicate him. Then you had a uh, Bond that went down to New Orleans, right? And then they got the guy up there number fifty five this year. That's a dude, right? It, it, it's just. The Ep- way, Epinesa, yeah, three Ep- years ago Ep- at Iowa, at Iowa, right. And before him, you had the big man that uh, that uh, that uh, uh, that played at Baltimore. He was a defense Davis, Davis. That was house and stuff. So I mean, it's it's just kind of one I of mean, those things that go over and over and over. In in Josie Jewell and in Campbell right now. Yep. If you don't think that's that's not what if if you don't think that those guys aren't connecting and living up to a standard, and we can even talk before that. Chad Greenway, he's all he's still involved in there. Bobby Carpenter, I know he, he's up there talking to the Ohio State linebackers and um, Eichenberg, the guy that here, he's he's him and Bobby are pretty close. That's how you start to build it, and it actually makes the coach's job a lot easier. It really does. And once that's done, and Nebraska does it, and, and it can do it their own way, uh, they'll be they'll be uh, you know you know they'll be because Nebraska is a place that I think can improve a lot faster than a lot of other places based on what I talked about before. You're relevant because of the past. So once you start to somewhat even close to perform, I mean, when this team, if they win like eight games, you're going to think we won a national championship. She has seven games for that matter. Right. Yep. Six? But he's <laughs> the a, freaking bowl game. But it's, right. it's, 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 I'm, I, I can't get over the fact that, again, the 90 class, the 90 team had two first rounders, number three and number four. And you probably had it. Eight or nine off that team get right. drafted. Ninety one, you had about six or seven get drafted. Right. But the classes from ninety two, ninety three, and ninety four. Right. That's. I'm willing to bet you you can stack that up against any right. university. I'll give you the ninety class really quick. Go you ahead. probably know most of it, but again, just the letter winners: Cedric Collins, Terry Keneally, Corey Dixon, uh, Joel Geske, Vincent Hawkins, Bill Humphrey, Calvin Jones, Dante Jones, John Peterson, Corey Schlesinger. Uh, Brendan Stye, Ed Stewart, Zach Wieger, Kenny Wilhite, Rob Zatica. There you go. I mean, so that's so that's that's four, four classes in a row. Four classes yeah. in a row. So you got to start right. 
And that, not and none of them were all finished products. And I definitely wasn't. I mean, I was a quarterback. I so mean, Zach Weger didn't even play his no. senior year because he was sick. Because he had mono. Yes, and so, Corey, and then like Troy. I mean, <laughs> you brought up Troy yeah. Dumas, but like Jay said, the To's eye for he didn't look for size because look, Corey yeah. Dixon was one of the smallest dudes the on the team. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, the itty bitty committee that yeah. receiving core him. Abdul, Riley Washington, and, and uh, uh, Reggie, Reggie Ball. Ball right. Abdul's the next year. He was 91. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just saying, but that size, mm-hmm. playing that position, I mean, it was, it was crazy. And then I, I'm willing to bet you, if you look at the 88, I want to say 87 or 88, Mickey and them, Mickey's and them class, you know what I mean? They, they had some good players. Yeah. Mickey was probably the, one of the top-rated players in the country. Right. So, but – it starts way. It before starts you start way before yeah. you start winning. So you have to, and then it was about developing and relationships. And he kept everybody for the most part here. Right, and it, it's a little bit harder now. But I think once you can kind of get over that, which Initial. is a, which is an easy to me, an easy threshold of six wins, and then you back that up and say with eight wins, then you'll really be rolling. Yep. Then you can kind of dictate. Who you recruit who you and stuff recruit. like that. So, uh, you know, look, man, I think good things are on the horizon. You just got to work for it. And it sucks right now because there's no guarantee. And, and Nebraska fans are definitely backs against the wall and pausing because they had their hopes up and stuff like that. But ultimately, you only can go off of what they've done so far. And what they've done so far is do the things they needed to do and actually done everything they said they were going to do. And so with that, that, that should give you confidence, right? And so – you, if they say they're going to adjust or if they have to change some things or, and, you know, the head coach said he's not afraid to, you know, adjust some things, then you got to take him as for his word. So, um, you know, I think it's all, you know, all to the good, but that's it definitely wanted to get that across because I think once everybody comes to reality of it, not fight it so much, I think you can use it as a positive tool because you're never going to be what we were back then and you don't need to be. You nope. need to be your version of it, but the version of what – has happened before isn't good enough, and that's the way it is. And so we're going to go to a quick break, come back. We're going to talk a little NBA playoffs. I'm glad we're a little bit longer because, uh, you know, my Lakers are down 2-0, <laughs> and Kenny was up there. I didn't say he nothing. Hyped in a mug. No, I, 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 I know you were sitting on your couch just cheesing. To be honest with you, I only watched the first quarter and the last four minutes. Cause Jamal Murray, I don't know what he, what he did in the Light fourth skin. quarter. Yeah, he was for the win. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to go to break. We'll come back. Real quick, uh, Old School, we'll be right back. Watch Old School live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.